Hi, and welcome to episode 198 of No Crying in Baseball, the Is It Four O'Clock Yet? episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Welcome back from the Hobbit House. Hey, thank you. And and it's six o'clock, so that means that we can we can drink beer. You know what? I wasn't even referring to that, but oh. it also has double duty. Well, yeah. see, see where my brain goes, because you know what I brought back from the Hobbit House is plenty of beer, because there there turns out to be breweries near the Hobbit House. Go I, figure. I hear the Hobbits are, are um, yeah, they indulge. Yes. They tend to indulge in things. They do. They have a hot tub, too. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hobbit hot tub. I don't remember that part of the movie. <laughs> right. I do remember, um, you know, Mary at all st- dancing on tables and singing ditties while drinking giant pints of beer. Oh, did you do that? I was going to say, damn, I missed a golden opportunity. You I sure guess did. we're going to have to go back. You know, if this sounds just totally weird to everybody, what what happened was Mr. Pottymouth and I rented a Hobbit house for the long weekend in Shenandoah, Virginia. So if you look up. Shenandoah, Virginia, Hobbit House, you will see where we stayed and all of the uh, lovely decorations. But it was pretty cool. But Potty Mouth did not come home with the one ring to rule them all, so the World Series is still up in the air. We have no control. That's, yeah. See? You could have had power. You could have had power. Damn, I blew it. Damn, I blew it. Hey, I made some new friends this weekend. I went to the Nats-Cubs game. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, <laughs> wow. Did you have to play? Um, almost. <laughs> I didn't bring my glove, though. Okay. So I think my kid took it to school. Actually, it was my kid's glove. So I don't even have one anymore. But anyway, they didn't call on me. But I made a new friend who, um, who's got season tickets at Wrigley Field and so she is as big a baseball fan if not bigger than we are and we had the best time hanging out so I think we need a road trip to go visit our, I, our, my new friend so in Chicago. Much, that sounds awesome. I yeah. so much want to go to Wrigley. Never been and it's got yeah it's, that's a bucket list kind of thing. And, and she even said that like she would self-sacrifice and also take us to see the White Sox even though you know Ooh. Cubs fans don't usually cross that line. That's impressive. But for us. All right, yeah. we, we've got to book this. We got, I guess that we're talking 22, yeah? Suppose so. Yeah. Suppose so. All right. On today's show, we've got trade mayhem. Oh, my God. I'm a little sad, and then I'm okay. Uh, we've got boyfriends. Some of it has to do with the trades. We've got a health report that I don't like one bit. Welcome to the new guys. The police blotter, your subtitle there is The Mets. What the hell? We've got a COVID report that is bad news and super good news. And yay, baseball is an Olympic sport and we're here for it. Woohoo. Woohoo. All right. I'll drink to that. So, yeah, so the trade thing, all the feels. My my reference to is it four o'clock yet is because the trade deadline ended at four o'clock on Friday. And as the day went on and I kept seeing these faces of the franchise, not not only on my team, but on other teams, I just get, get traded away. I was like, Oh, what more can possibly happen? And more kept happening all day long. And finally, I looked at the time when it was 4.10, and I thought, thank you, baby Jesus. Yeah. This is done now. And Cedric Mullins didn't get sent somewhere else, and Josh oh Bell God. didn't get yeah. sent somewhere else. And all of these guys that are, like, plenty did, that really hurt, but I'm I'm coping, but hurt a lot of people. Oh, my God. Like, Twitter needed the biggest hug yeah. on Friday. Yeah. For sure. And it was drawn out. I think Thursday, there, a lot went down. And then I was like, fuck, we still have another day of this? Like, this yeah. is getting painful. It is getting painful. And there were ups and downs and, and, um, and red herrings and all kinds of things that were yeah. going on. But so the interesting thing about all of these guys that were traded, they were a hell of a class of yeah. players to be traded. Among them, there were 23 who have been a, a named an all-star at least once. 
23 of those guys. Nine of wow. them were all-stars this year alone. 14 of them have won at least one World Series. So, I mean, it was a primo class that got rearranged all over the country on Thursday and Friday. And one of the reasons might be this. This was the first year that the draft was later. So instead of June, it was part of the All-Star festivities. So mm-hmm. that got mushed in. And if you remember, there's no longer that August like trade wa- waiver deadline. So trades are done at the end of July. So it's very compressed. It is very compressed, and I think that made it just a little bit more hectic feeling. There have been busier trade seasons than this one, but this one just really... And and the big part about it for, for me and for so many Cubs fans that we know and love is the Nats and the Cubs really got gutted. A yeah. lot of teams lost an important player or two, but the Nats and the Cubs got well, and how ironic for that to happen right before they had a series together. So like, yes. for them to be together at Nats Park this weekend is just must have been bizarre. So I went to the game on Sunday, and I think that was long enough for people to have kind of, you know, resolved some feelings. Like, still maybe angry, but not... Like, there were people that were there Friday night, I hear the reports, that were just angry. It's like, I paid, tic- yeah. I paid money for this, and right. I paid to see those guys, and now I'm not seeing those guys. By Sunday, people were chill. They were still wearing their Baez jerseys and their Scherzer jerseys and all of that. Uh, but... So many jerseys. Like, I ran into this guy on the Metro whose friend was saying, hey, what jersey are you wearing? And it was like a Zimmerman jersey. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's still on the team. And he said, I'm just telling you, I can't wait until the Scherzer jerseys go on sale. Oh. I'm still gonna, so I'm like, okay, silver lining the heck out of this. Good Thank point. you, bud. But so the Sunday game started out rainy and gray, and then the sun came out, and it was so freaking metaphorical. It was like we all went in kind of a bad mood, but then like the kids, the yeah. kids, and some of the kids are 30. I mean, they're not, but a lot of them, a couple of them on both teams are like 30-year-old rookies. So this is still their time to shine, even yeah. if they're a little bit older than you would expect. And they did everybody proud. I mean, the 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 Nats won two out of the three games, but this last game was you know was one in a walk off. It was this close to going to extras because both teams played really well, and they weren't against like chump pitching or anything. It wasn't like oh yeah, well sure these batters can like right. you know Jake Arrieta was yep you know pitching for the Cubs right, and, and Fetty you know was doing great for the Nats, and so it was. It was really good, and it was, and I was not the only one yelling, "Hey, go new guy!" Yeah, I saw a poster. Somebody yes. posted that on Twitter—a picture of like "Go new guys," go new and guy. I love that attitude. And it would be so cool if the Nats pull something off like this. I mean, I'm—I don't know. I'm trying to be like glass half full because I want to drink more beer, basically. But, yeah. But you know, it could be like we're gonna see something super magical and fun. Who knows who's gonna come up? And you know, my Nats boyfriend of a couple years ago, who I picked way too early, Carter. Kibum. Mm-hmm. I think him last year or the year before. I can't remember, but as soon as, like, when he first came up, he had his cup of coffee in the bigs, hit a home run in his first at bat. I'm like, I love you, and I love third baseman, so you're my guy. Right. And then he didn't do well, and then he's been up and down a couple times. On Friday night, like, he was, like, when I turned the game on, he was two for two in a walk. Wow. So I was like, okay, maybe this is what you needed. Maybe yeah. you needed, like, the space, a little bit less pressure, because no one is expecting anything from the team now. I don't know. But I'm hopeful that these guys and the Cubs and all of these teams that lost people who were really important to them might get this opportunity to shine now, which is which is really pretty cool. And I was kind of rationalizing. I was talking to a few people about the Ma- the Max Scherzer thing. Oh, 
Oh, so I was like, you know what? He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and we were going to have to negotiate yep. with him anyway. And trading him at the deadline and getting a boatload of, of you know, prospects because mm-hmm. we we you know we're kind of thin in the prospect world. Getting a boatload of prospects for that here, you can have them for two months, and then it's open market again. I'm okay with that. Right. I mean, I really liked the, when he was theoretically going to the Padres because I could have been all in on that. Me too. I part Padres pitching on my fantasy league. I was so all in on that sure. for that hot moment that that rumor just flew. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal posted uh. a thing saying, you know what? I base this on information from people that I get information from on the regular. So he, I think he's he feeling, it. I, no, I think he's feeling a little bamboozled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, I thought I could trust these sources, but right. it could be that I was used to, um, you know, try to drive up the price and whatnot. I don't care about Trey Turner. You can have Trey Turner. I think he's probably a good Dodger. Yeah, actually, I thought that that fit was really good. It's the max as a Dodger that felt just felt kind of weird, but but the Turner thing seemed to be the thing that threw most Nats fans off. Like everybody knew, like Scherzer's been talked about and talked about yeah. and talked about, and all of a sudden to have this mega deal to the Dodgers, that I think is what hurt hurt so people. One of the, yeah, so a lot of people care more deeply about Trey Turner than I do, so I get that. But also, I read about there's a couple players like Turner and Joey Gallo, right, mm-hmm. um, to the Yankees, who still had another year of team control. So. Trading them now gives the teams they go to two shots at, you know, at a pennant, two shots at a World Series this year and the following year because of that extra little bit of team control. And if, like, Texas continues to tank, if the Nats continue to tank or whatever, then that drives the price down for your Trey Turners and your Joey Gallas. Right. But you do it now while the iron's hot, get it done. People might say, okay, if I get two playoff seasons of this guy, then you can have many more things, which is how I thought. You know, a couple of these teams really netted a lot of prospects. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the painful thing too for Nats fans for both Turner and and Scherzer is they're hot on a couple of big markers like Trey Turner could do a fourth cycle, which would be huge, and it's not going to be as a Nat probably. Yeah. And Scherzer's you know building up to three thousand strikeouts and. Now it's not good. I mean, he's done so many things as a net. It's just so hard to see that happen. Yeah, we don't and, get that last that one. Yeah. yeah. In a different outfit, shall I say. Don't say outfit. Uh, yeah. He don't looks, say outfit. I've got to say he looks good in blue, and it's kind of funny that it came down to the brown and the blue for him. Oh, which I Between the oh, Padres and the Dodgers. Look at you go with hey, the eyes. There's got to be something cosmic there. So the, um, the Max Scherzer eye image... Uh, oh, across the field. Oh it's still god. there. It's still there. Oh, and I didn't think of. Oh my god, that hurt. That I, hurt. I kind of want it to stay there. I was like, can we just keep it there to be hopeful that maybe in a couple months it'll be back? I don't oh know. Oh my god, that is so prominent at Nats Park. It's, yeah, we we're staring right at it. That's yeah. Now I'm upset. Don't Fuck. be upset. Be excited <laughs> that it's still there. They're still he's still uh, staring people down. He's, he better come back because he's our guy. Well, the important thing is, I think when he goes into the to the Hall of Fame, he's going to go in as a national because he's been a national longer than he's been anything else. All right. Well, and so. his wife is lovely and settled, and you know they had their kids here. They started yeah. their family here. She yeah. wrote a very nice goodbye. I was thinking that the, the Nats um, media person was like on super overdrive because there were all these like goodbye vignettes. like the tributes, right? And the- Oh, yes. on Instagram to yeah. try and pictures right hand and um and Hudson yep yeah like holy holy shit I know that's fire sale I know it absolutely is 
But the one that got me of all of the ones was Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison going to the A's. Now, yes. let me say, yes. I like the A's. I picked the A's and I stand by it to, you know, to win their division. Why the heck not? But it just felt like these guys have soul. The other guys, you know, some yeah. soul, a lot of flash. But he's got, they, they have a lot of soul, especially Josh Harrison. And Gomes, I've been following since he was with Cleveland, and I, he's near and dear. Oh, right. But he's one of the guys that as soon as he got to a new team, he hit a home run. Right? So many of them. So many of them did, right? Rizzo at the Yankees, and Bryant at the Giants, and Javi at the Mets. So, um, Bryant, you know, you, you may have seen that video of him just kind of tearing up yep. when, you know. But also, when he arrived, you know, at the hotel. Mm-hmm. As you know, as a new giant, the Giants had you know jerseys for the whole family, yeah. including the, the you know the baby, and they had like all of this. I'm mean, we're going to make you feel welcome stuff, and that was the right thing to do. It was like you know, it's not we're not like it, this is not like you know you're we're cutting you out, we're stealing you away or whatever. We know we know this was important to you, but you're important to us. Yeah, and I like the you're important to us part. And and then the fits kind of go well, like Harrison and Gomes, like the A's. It feels like culturally like a good yeah. landing for them, and yeah. like you said, trade to the Dodgers. I, I don't know about Scherzer, but and Bryant to the Giants. Those know. those feel okay. Uh, you know, Rizzo to the Yankees is weird, but anybody to the Yankees feels weird to us because anybody that has hair that goes to the Yankees feels weird. Well, look what happened to Joey Gallo. Oh. You know, num- number three hundred and fifty-seven of people who had to shave their beard. I haven't actually se- no, I did see the you picture of him, yeah. of him shaving. Oh, I didn't know it was shaving. him when yeah. I saw it. I was like, really? Yeah, really? So. I don't know. The the other thing, though, about the guys going to the Yankees is they're huge. So Joey Gallo is, I think he's 6'5 and going to be the shortest person in the outfield. Holy crap. <laughs> they are enormous. Right. Right. And, and Rizzo, I think, is 6'3. And I think he's like... You know, and you know, you're not going to want to hear this, but this might help my predictions. I mean, I, you know, way back before the Yankees tanked, I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, the Yankees mm. are going to win their division," and you know, no. So I still, so my dad called me in a panic. I swear to God, last night about the Red Sox and the trade deadline and them tanking against the Rays and the whole thing. And I had to calm my father down. Now, unfortunately, this was before the the Red Sox lost the last of four games against the Rays, and I assured my dad that everything is going to get better. I think you know Schwaba is is was you've been picked. you've been waiting for <laughs> I've that I've been waiting for that I can't <laughs> wait for Jerry Remy on the Nesson broadcast to say Schwaba and I, I swear to God the reason why the Red Sox got him is because it's the best name that was on the market to be pronounced by Jerry Remy and it's certainly not the best first baseman which is what they're going to have him play oh isn't my that God. nuts that is fucked up that is I but I think that the, that what's gonna happen is he's gonna end up sort of platooning he's gonna be like oh shit I'm blanking his name. I'm going to come back to that from from Steve Pierce. He's going to be the Steve Pierce uh, who ended up being MVP of the of the last World Series that the Red Sox won, who was like a last minute trade in. It's because they need like a reliable bat. And I get that. And they don't quite have a place to put him on defense. But maybe they're all moving all over the place. You know what I flashed on? Do you remember in Moneyball where they're trying to get that one player to play first base who's never played first oh base God. before? Right. And and. They're just like, oh, it's easy. There's nothing to it. And the coach is like, oh, no, no, this is not easy. It's yeah, super well, hard. <laughs> actually, they have, I think Christian Arroyo is on the DL, uh, IL, oops, excuse me, on the IL um, because of that, because they were trying to convert him oh, to geez. first base and he's pulled something because he's oh, not used God. to stretching like that. But, you know, the Red Sox are going to, I, 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 
predict that things are going to come back. I think I'm going to get to this later, but maybe yeah. not. How about the whole Barrios to the okay. to the Blue Jays so, situation? How does that affect you personally? Right. So the AL East is obviously like very shaken up at this point, right? The Rays are pretty solid. The Yankees now have this like jolt of energy. And I think Jose Barrios is like the story that's being like, it just isn't getting enough attention because there's so much else going on. But that's huge for Blue Jays for to get another solid pitcher who had a great outing in his first outing as a Blue Jay. And I had predicted Blue Jays for mm-hmm. it. And, and, you know, we're at the, the first of the month, actually. So we are oh, we are shoot. reviewing our yeah. predictions right now. Really? I had predicted Blue Jays, I think. You did. And, you did. And mm-hmm. so I, I hope that that doesn't come true and that the Red Sox pull it off. But I don't know. It's it's in there. It's definitely in it, there. It is totally in there. Yeah, as far as predictions go, I've still only got White Sox and Mets. But I think other ones may have... A bullet, as they say, for the top 40 because of some trades that got made. So things yeah. could improve in some of my other guesses. I don't know. And the, and the Orioles, they're not going to be contenders still. They're still That's not going to be shocking. contenders. That is just flat out shocking to me. And you know what? They went way down in Qhar. They did because they lost Freddie Galvis, who had the best hair and, and I think you know still does, has the, be- the best hair, going to Philly, who's actually really good in Qhar. I think the Philly the yeah, quality hair above replacement is this stat, which is very important. And I believe that Philadelphia is going to you know do very well overall in the well, QR. We are um, recording on a Monday evening, which is unusual for us. So um, I plan to go home from your house to turn on the game and watch the Nats play the Phillies tonight. Ooh. So then we'll see how our kids do against a team that really didn't um, give up any of their grown-ups. Right, but also them. has not been, like, stellar. So we will see, but I will definitely keep an eye on the whole QR situation. So the White Sox are shoring up. They picked up your Cleveland boyfriend, Cesar Hernandez. I miss that yeah, also. And, and Craig Kimbrell. Well, you know what? It and, got lost in the shuffle yeah. with these huge names that these guys are really good but aren't, like, the marquee names. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, wait, what happened? Well, and that Krim- Craig Krimble- Craig Kimbrell, <laughs> yes, I finished my beer. The Craig Kimbrell really? thing. Jesus. I did. That um, That's key because the Red Sox, I mean, Red Sox fans are not happy because, I mean, Schwarber's still on the, Schwarber. is still on the IL, so they're not seeing any, like, immediate result, and they wanted some pitching, and maybe Kimbrell coming back, and Daniel Bard from the Rockies, why didn't they do anything to get him, and poor Trevor Story, who's like, what happened? Yeah. Really? Hi, remember me? Yeah. I thought I was a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a hot commodity. Oh, but, totally. You know. He's one of your former no, dudes. That's right. That is right. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we did cover all that? I think we did. Oh, I the, think we... the only thing I want to ask you about, and yeah. this is sort of like a strategy thing, yeah. because you've taught me this before in previous years, that at this deadline, we've got the, the buyers and the sellers. And it was very clear at this point that the Cubs and the Nats were all in, like, so two feet into that pool of selling. Let's get everything we can for our players. But if you look at the rankings... The, the Nats were, have been hovering around seven games back, and the Yankees have also been hovering around seven games back. Now, now I understand the Yankees' winning percentage is a lot higher than the Nats are, but like to the, the, the NL East, what are we in? Yeah, NL East and the, and the AL East, I mean, there, there was a possibility in either case to move up. So how does one go to fire sale, and, well, the Yankees have money. Is that the answer? You just got All there. Right. You just worked yourself exactly there. The Yankees have money, and the Yankees have proven that they are 
they, they nothing really stops them when they get their mind to it. I remember last right. was it last season or season before where everybody was on the IL. And yeah. they still, like, the next guy just took it up, and the next guy took it up. They have some weird mojo. They have some weird mojo. And maybe maybe their seven or eight games behind is, you know, is an Anthony Rizzo away. Maybe it is, a you know, a, a power bat away from making the difference. Whereas the Nationals, we had guys hurt all over the place. We had somebody, you know, suspended for domestic abuse. We have yeah. pitchers having, you know, being hurt. We've got a like, across the board, whereas for the Yankees, it may be more surgical. If we fix this one thing, it makes a difference and we can afford to do whatever the hell we want because we are the Yankees. Wow. You know, to, to drive a stake into my heart, what we did on the way back from the Hobbit house was listen to the audio book of is it Buzzsaw? It's the story yeah. of the, the Nats <laughs> yes. season. I love Buzzsaw. It it's was, fun. Jesse Doherty. Yeah. It was lovely. Um, but it was a little bit sad and a little bit hopeful yeah. and all of those things. But it made me think that it's, you know, there's so much that has to just do with attitude and clubhouse chemistry. And I don't see that in the Yankees. And that's why I don't think they're going to pull this off. Well, Okay. Okay, I just want you to know that I did Baby Shark once on Sunday. Oh, yay. Yeah, and I also had the best seats I've had in a long time because I didn't pay for them. So thank you, my benefactors. You are very, very kind to me. I will buy you beer forever because you are very kind to me. It's, it's so good to have benefactors. All right, we're going to take a, a short jump into the happy. So we've, we've alluded to this phrase, uh, term, baseball boyfriends that we use on this show. And that's because in the offseason, you got to catch us in the offseason when we each pick a guy per team and kind of talk about them and talk about why we connect with that guy and why that person is our baseball boyfriend per team. And then, you know, we have to do new ones every year because we got to keep this show going. But we like to hang on to the old guys, the old guys. This is an old guy. (laughs) (laughs) Because we, you know, we pick them with care. And Joey Votto, I'm pretty sure, was my first baseball boyfriend from the Reds. It's really, you know, once a boyfriend, always a boyfriend, unless you turn into a real jerk. Yeah. Which clearly many have, but not Joey Votto. But not Joey Votto. I just, I adore this guy. So, seven games, seven home runs, Mr. Votto but then it didn't go any further. So it could have been a bigger record, but still, that's pretty cool. He beat the Reds' franchise record at six. And then there was the old guy record, which I think is great. So he tied with the 4 Barry Bonds, which is very important because it was the longest home run streak by a player over 37 years old. And that comes from Sarah Langs on Twitter. He was actually the eighth major league player with a seven-game home run streak. If he had gotten to eight, that would have gone down to a group of four. And then the game after that, so game eight, where he would have gotten, you know, a little bit up on that ladder, he got a killer single that would have been a home run in 10 parks, including his home field at Great Great American. American. Yeah, and Jessica Kleinschmidt on on Twitter pointed that out. So, uh, so close. But still, you know, just one of the many incredible things about Joey Votto. I think he's he's destined for greatness. Absolutely. He's pretty great already. And and just about keeping track of boyfriends, I think it's because we have so many. 
Although we should really keep track of our current boyfriends. So we have like our, our, our plate from this year and I have not done well because we actually went to several O's games at this point. And at the last O's game, I was like, where's Rio Ruiz? Because he was my O's player that I had picked. And it turns out that back in May, he was DFA'd from the O's and the Rockies picked him up. So he's over at the Rockies. So I got to pay a little bit of attention to uh, what's going on with the Rockies and Rio Ruiz. I picked him for his hair, and he has cut that since, so. <laughs> so can I just, I think I forgot to mention about going to the game on Sunday is, even though, you know, I am not there for the Cubs, I was there for the Nats, I wore my Ian Happ Makes Me Coffee t-shirt. <laughs> because I had a benefactor, so and I was unsure of if they were, how, how Cubs versus how Nationals they were. But my new friend from Wrigley said, you know, I really appreciate you wearing that shirt. He's a great guy. He's in a horrible slump, but he's a really good guy. So I felt like if a Chicago like Cubs diehard mm-hmm. fan can say, yeah, he's a good one, I'm like, okay, I picked well. Absolutely. I picked well. So that was nice. Good job. All right, we're going to segue into a little bit of a health report, starting with one of my former boyfriends, Fernando Tatis Jr., who just pains me that he's not a current boyfriend, although he's in a lot more pain than me, because he partially dislocated his shoulder for the third time this season. You know, there's a lot of um, talk out there about if he has... What is this? This connective tissue disorder? Like I'm, I'm wondering about that. Just because of his like matrix moves and the way that his oh, body right, moves, right? So does that make him more, you know, li- liable? Uh, there's another word that I wanted. Susceptible is the word that you that's, wanted. That's I have not finished my beer yet, but uh, I'm getting close. All right. I, I know I don't. I can't find the backup beer. I've got to find that. Did you bring it? Did you bring it down? I did. Really? But it's it's I, hiding somewhere. So do you have a pocket? I do. You have a beer in your pocket. <laughs> You're just happy to see me. It's I don't know. That's weird. That just no, that's, that weird. That's totally fine. All right. I'll, I'll look for the beer after I t- stop talking about this wonderful person, Fernando Tatis Jr. So he is on a 10-day IL, but there's there's talk about surgery. So I'm, I'm hoping, praying yeah. that everything's going to be okay because surgery would mean he's out for the rest of the season. And then what happens with the NL MVP race that's like all over the place because Absolutely. of so many of them being injured. Yep. Yep. But for sure. For sure. Doing okay. Um, the most horrendous part of our health report this week is Daniel Brito, who's a 23-year-old Venezuelan infielder who plays for the Phil's AAA team, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, which on a good day, I would be saying, Iron Pigs, what a great name. We should get swag. But right now right. what I'm saying is, oh, holy hell, this guy, this poor guy. The Iron Pigs were playing the Rochester Red Wings in Rochester, and he was playing third base and the Red Wings third base coach saw him basically seize and start to collapse and caught him before he hit the ground. But he just dropped. And for 20 minutes, he was out on the field with oxygen. The ambulance came out on the field, took him right to the hospital. People were just scared shitless because he had actually had a hip in the first inning. Wow, and, I didn't know that part. And um, there was what people thought was a base running error. Like he could have made an extra base but didn't, so he seemed oh like God. a little off. He seemed a little off. And then earlier, this was all in the first inning, but earlier there was a Red Wing on third, and they was chatting with with Daniel Britton, who was playing third, and Britton had said he's got a little bit of a headache. Brito, right? Brito? Brito? Brito. I'm sorry, yeah. Brito. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, who said he's got a headache? Yeah. And uh. so 
I don't think it's been diagnosed yet. He had surgery immediately Saturday night. He had a second surgery Sunday morning. There is all kinds of rumor mongering as, is it an aneurysm? Is it a stroke? Is it whatever? Like, what are the things that could drop you so suddenly and be so scary? So um, this is horrendous. The Phil's have been great. They've got team people with him all the time. They brought his girlfriend in. They were flying in his mother from Venezuela. The um, the wow. games were suspended for the rest of Saturday and Sunday. I don't know if they're, they're picking up anymore, if the Red Wings are picking up anymore. But um, even, so Davey Martinez, you know, the, the Red Wings are the Nationals AAA team. So Martinez, like, started his news conference on Sunday with, you know, please, you know, prayers for the sky because yeah. this is a horrible thing to have happen, you know, to anyone. And this is, yeah, this is not okay. This is, you know, we need to all all take care of him the best we can. The, the Red Wings all signed a jersey for him. They made up a Red Wings jersey for him that uh. the staff and the, and the team all signed. But he's in bad shape and it's scary and that shouldn't happen. And um, yeah, so if you if, if if it's your thing to send prayers, thoughts, goodwill, vibes, whatever it is that you do, um, this guy needs it. This yeah. guy needs it. It's really sad. Yeah, to, to round out the health report a little bit is our, our buddy Terry Francona for the Cleveland team is out for the rest of the season. And I know you have more information about this. The articles that I saw just said health reasons and that it was it was super last minute because he wanted, of course, to tell the guys in person, but basically he had to get to the hospital. And so he didn't have time to actually talk to his players. And there was this article about them being sort of on the bus and he's not on the bus and they're talking to each other. I mean, that's going to be really terrifying. And, you know, uh, me being fond of him from his Red Sox days, of course, that I know what a, what a people person he is and how much the players just really, you know, respect and care about him. For sure. Yeah. So um, he's having a hip replacement on Monday. And the reason that he couldn't be with the team to explain to him is that the the hospital wanted him for three days of pre-surgery workups because he's got a, a, a blood clotting issue that's been there for years. So he's had gastrointestinal stuff. He's had staph infections. He's had blood clotting problems. He had one hip replaced a year or two ago. So if you've seen him try to manage, I mean, he limps yeah. when he goes out to, you know, out to the mound to talk to a pitcher. I mean, he's been having a terrible time. So finally, they're like, okay, you know what? You need to get healthy. Take care of you, please, sir. So he's heartbroken because this is what he lives for, is managing a yeah. baseball team. It always has been. And well, yeah. Well, I had like two thoughts about that. One is that you can you can hear it in his speech as well. Like he's always been sort of like a, a drawn out when he speaks, but mm-hmm. it's gotten worse over time. Yeah. And the other thing that really it's upsetting is the the stress that managers are under must play a role in stuff sure. like that. And that's just heart wrenching. Sure, sure. So um, you know, I, again, we our hearts go out to Terry Francona. He yep. means he means something to both of us for sure. And we want it to be okay. So um his his bench coaches, you know, bench coach and whatever are taking over um for the rest of the season and fingers crossed that things go well for him and we have him back. Yeah. Um if not hell of a career, but it would be nice to see him again for oh, sure. Yeah. Hey there's some new guys. There are some new guys that lit it up this weekend and one of them i'm never going to say this name right because it looks a lot like another name that i am i say a lot um it's sebi um zavala yeah yeah i would say sebi zavala yeah but i want to say other things that are z names that Uh. you might be familiar with instead (laughs) but he is a white Sox catcher and he um this weekend he is the first person in in 
Actually, this is interesting. The article I read said the first person in the American League or the National League, and I think that's because now the Negro League stats oh. are counted. I'm guessing that's why it says that, as opposed to in Major League Baseball. Good. So he is the first catcher in the American or the National Leagues to hit his first three career home runs in the same game. That's crazy. And it was the White Sox versus Cleveland, and Oof. one of those was a grand slam. His second home run was a grand freaking slam and they still lost to cleveland so i gotta say as a cleveland fan this is ideal for me it's like wow this is great this kid did great and it didn't kill my team so (laughs) but this is something to say about these kids getting a chance right right? so the one that i saw was rodolfo castro pirates rookie who's the first player in mlb history and i i don't know about the negro leagues like this is something that we gotta you know adapt to for sure but his first five hits were all home runs. Holy like, crap. Like, that's crazy. That is crazy. So yay, new guys. Yay, new guys. Woohoo! We love you. We love us some new guys. Maybe we're going to do some uh, some boyfriend shopping early for next Woo-hoo. year. Who knows? Okay, police blotter. Oh, my God. This is crazy. So this is crazy, and it's also a little bit complicated, so bear with me. Kumar Rocker, which Best may be name. my new favorite baseball <laughs> name. name. You know, Joe Panic was my favorite baseball <laughs> name for a long time. Sorry, Joe, but you've been replaced by Kumar Rocker, which sounds a little bit like it should be a stoner movie. <laughs> Right? Or a lead character in a stoner movie? Yeah. Right? I, so I think I love him. So he's the star, a star pitcher from Vanderbilt, and he was first-round pick, 10th um, overall, by the Mets in this draft. So interestingly, the Mets were the only team to not sign their first-round pick. So here's what's happened. They, teams go through and they name their picks, and then they negotiate with those players and often those players' families, if those players are kids. And they have a certain amount of time, and that time ran out this past Sunday at 5 o'clock, to come to an agreement with them and therefore sign the player. So because they didn't sign him, he does have a couple of choices. And it was hilarious because I'm like looking at Twitter where people are spinning out the, well, he can't do this, he can't do that, what's he going to do? And it's like, well, okay, these, these um, well-respected publications have said what he can do. <laughs> including, say, the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. So, okay, he can, in fact, go back to Vanderbilt. Somebody was saying, well, he signed with Scott Boris, so therefore he's Ooh. he's got an agent, so therefore you can't. I was like, no, he can. He's got two more years of eligibility. Because the bottom line is, no one else can sign him in the major leagues right now, but he could either go back to school and play for Vandy some more, or he could go to an independent league, and he then is eligible again next year for the draft. But he will be tainted next year, because here's what happened. They agreed, the Mets and and Kumar Rocker had agreed to a $6 million signing bonus, and then the Mets said, oh, we have concerns about the elbow on his throwing hand. And agent Scott Boris said, no, 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 no. Here's our doctor's reports that show no difference in his elbow now than it was in 2018. It's all fine. And the Mets never said specifically this is our issue. It was very fuzzy. The Mets also never made a counteroffer. They never said, we have concerns about your elbow, so we're going to offer you a million dollars instead of six million dollars. They just said, nope. They said, nope, at that point. So here's what, here's what happens. Because of the new Supreme Court ruling about NCAA, 
Kumar Rocker, who is now this big name in college ball, might make some money with, you know, because he, he can now, the oh, college athletes good. can now sell their likeness, their name, their image, all of these things. So he might be like this test case for how do you make a bazillion dollars if he didn't, if the Nets didn't, if the Mets didn't, you know, sign you after all. The Mets score huge out of this. They because they failed to sign their first round draft choice, which I think they should be penalized for. Absolutely, they're actually rewarded. They get a compensatory pick, which is number eleven because he was a, he was a number crazy. ten gra- dra- dra- number ten draft pick. So they get a number eleven for free. They signed a bunch of their other guys under their slot value. They saved a bunch of money on these guys instead of paying them what they're worth or what NCAA says they should pay them. Or what MLB says, I don't know who defines the slot value. That's that's. I'm sorry about that. So they've got like $1.3 million that they did not spend. So they've got extra cash available to them. They get this extra draft pick. And now this poor guy who one side says does not have any issues, any new issues for sure. And the other side says, yeah, he's got something. Uh, this is this is man. This poor guy's tainted now because now there's a question about do are there health concerns here? And then freaking Steve Cohen, of whom I was a fan till about three weeks ago or so, right. tweeted. Okay, here it is. Education time. Baseball draft picks are worth up to five times their slot value to clubs. I never shy away from investments that can make me that type of return. So he, they're saying right up front that there's these values that are being placed on these players are way undersold. Yeah. He's basically saying, I'm good with incredibly underpaying. Absolutely. And, and he's a fucking billionaire. He's a fucking billionaire. And I am not okay with this, Stephen Cohen. And Stephen Cohen also a few weeks ago said, oh, hey, I was not really aware of these minor league conditions. Right. So I'm Bullshit. Gonna, we're going to go ahead and like come up with a plan that I believe we're still waiting to see because I sure haven't seen right. it yet. But yeah, but probably... Probably calling bullshit on that one, too. So, you know, I had high hopes, but I should have gone with under-promise and over-deliver. But I went with, hey, he sounds like he's going to be a different kind of owner. And he is not. Yeah, one thing I saw was that he should just go to Japan. Like, he should just go That's pe- another play option, yes. International in ball is another a, option. A, a strong league like yep. Japan and, you know, make some money, get some exposure. That's absolutely true. If he doesn't want to go back to school, which, you know, would also make him yeah, money yeah. because of the NCAA thing, absolutely, Japan would be great for him. Japan would be very good for him. All right. I want to get a Kumar Rocker t-shirt. And we got to get some, some, some Kumar Rocker swag. Yeah. Maybe we could design some. I'm just thinking. We have, we have, I have a picture already in my head. All right. So, <laughs> so, so to be clear, Steve Cohen is definitely the guy that is is qualified for our police blotter, as has a very former ex, way way ex, never going to be a boyfriend again of mine, Marcelo Zuna, who I had picked, I believe, when he was on the cards, and now he's on that Atlanta team, and we had talked about him, I don't know, some weeks ago for an abuse, a, a clear abuse incident that was witnessed by police, and we were sort of saying, well, this is going to be one of those examples of it's just so clear and all of a sudden it's not so clear he's not being charged with a felony because the body camera footage didn't show intent to kill didn't show choking now it showed something so he's still in trouble there's still charges against him but Previously, the police statement had read that the officers, and I quote, entered the residence through the open door and witnessed the suspect grabbing the victim by the neck and throwing her against the wall. 
So maybe the body cam footage didn't show an actual grab against the neck, but there's still abuse going on. He's still on the never going to be a boyfriend list, and we just can't let shit like this go by. So there is still a misdemeanor assault mm-hmm. charge on the legal end of things, and the the thing that I appreciate MLB for right now is they will investigate even if there are not police charges. If charges are dropped, MLB will still investigate. So that is still open. So he will probably end up with some sort of suspension after all of this through the MLB. The legal system is failing us a little bit here, for sure. Starlin Castro, um, infielder for the Nats, has been suspended 30 games. The interesting thing about this is there has been no detail about what the charge is, what the, what the specific incident was, hmm. which I find kind of fascinating. So it's only 30 games, but he's another rental on the Nats. So the Nats said, you know, fine, as soon as that's done, he's going to get released because we are done with him. Good. And the Nats have this no, have this zero tolerance policy for which I am grateful. But yeah, so Darlin Starlin, who was, you know, doing some uh, great things for us, turns out to be kind of a jackass. Yeah. And he had a previous thing too, right? Which I hadn't realized. Yeah, he had a previous thing when he was with the Cubs. And that was before the, before MLB instituted their domestic policy. Oh, wow. You know, in 2015, this was in 2012. So at that time, it was either the police or nothing. So if charges get dropped or the police don't see anything or don't care to see anything or whatever it is, that used to be the end of it. Now it's not because MLB has this joint domestic abuse policy between MLB and Mm -hmm. the players union where they can take precedence. Like, okay, we don't, it doesn't matter what the police do. We still can can institute consequences for your horrible behavior. Well, good for the Nats, and I wish more more teams and Dodgers would do would make strong statements like oh, that. Oh, can I just go back to the trades for a second? Oh, yeah. This is one thing I'm pissed about, about Scherzer going to the Dodgers. They don't deserve right. him. Right. You know, they, they don't have Bauer anymore, so they, they, they get our favorite ace. Right. I don't think so. That's not okay with me. That They don't deserve that. Well, I'm, I'm super, like interested curious about how that like byline did not get like this is clearly a replacement for this guy like it was not yep. out there that clearly yep. but that's i think why the dodgers were so desperate and sure. outbid the padres or whatever sure. the fuck because they know that despite the fact that they have no fucking backbone to say it that they're not gonna have right. their their Cy young baby back so they got a different one speaking of pictures how's that for a segue i'm I, very sad about this. Our Disney prince, Tyler Glass now, might be getting Tommy John's surgery next week. This is not definite. This, this was reported recently by Jeff Passan. He, we were talking about how maybe there's like some therapy that he can do that this won't happen. But it's just a sad thing to see a guy go out for the season, even though he is on those killer rays that just did in my Red Sox. But they did it in, did them in without him. And he's, he's the one who said he blames his injury on the whole yep. sticky substance things. Like, I can't use what I normally use, so I have to grip the ball differently, and I screwed up my arm. Yeah. Thanks, I hope MLB. he speaks out more about that. But on the on the cheery Red Sox side, so everybody's been down on the Sox for not doing anything at the trade deadline, yada, yada, yada. What do you call uh, Schwaba? Yeah, Schwab. Besides Schwaba, I don't know. Red Sox Nation, I mean, I think because he's on the IL, has not yeah. jumped behind the Schwaba, but he, they're going to be. As soon as he hits the field, they'll be fine. But also, folks, Chris Sale is coming back and coming back really soon. I think he has one more start with Wista the Woo Sox, which I uh, adore. But... 
I think that means he's going to be back next week. What I thought was a little bit bizarre, and I'm trying to read into this, is he did a press conference thing after I think his first Woo Sox outing, and he was wearing a Daddy Long Neck t-shirt. Have you heard of Daddy Long Neck? Only by seeing this tweet of him in that, which is weird and I had no clue. I think there's this whole, I mean, I know there's the things that the kids do with the TikToks and the YouTubes. And I feel like I'm so fucking old. You sound it when you say those things. So true. But I had to look up Daddy Longneck, which I guess is this kid with with a condition that he can't gain weight. And, and if you look at Chris Sale, you think, Dude, eat a sandwich. Like he he's so so thin and I'm wondering if there's something about him that we don't know. And there is I couldn't find anything that said that Chris Sale has this condition that Daddy Longneck has or if there's just some sort of identity connection there, but what I saw was Chris Sale said, "This is the only guy that makes me feel jacked." Yes. <laughs> yes. In comparison. So there there's yeah. that. But I am super looking forward to Chris Sale coming back. We will see what happens. Hey, speaking of pitchers in and out, we didn't mention that Jacob deGrom is currently out and may be out until September. So, um, Ouch. Yeah, that's another one. That's yeah. another one. Man, I mean, didn't we say at the beginning of the season, this was our worry after the short season last year, that pitchers were going to be dropping like flies? And I'm sorry to say we were not wrong about that. Damn. Other people dropping like f- flies oh, are... Um, hi, COVID report. COVID report. Okay, so in the past week, uh, Trey Turner tested positive for COVID, and then 11 more people on the Nats staff, including um, players and coaches, mostly coaches, tested positive. And here's how that works. You only get monitoring testing if you're unfricking vaccinated. And then if you are a close contact of somebody else, even if you are vaccinated, then you get tested later. So, hey, Trey turned up right away before anybody else did. So he's the unvaxxed one. So Dodgers, have at it. Wow. Have right. at it, frickin' Trey Turner. Good you can riddance. have him. And the other guys, you know, were in fact vaccinated and would, it would not have been a problem except for frickin' Trey Turner, may I just say. So that actually um, created one postponed Phillies game this past week. Wow. that. But the Dodgers don't care. See um, other Turner, see Justin Turner above if you, um, right. you know, have COVID or not because they'll they'll take you anyway. Um, hey, so my once and forever boyfriend, Christian Yelich, on the Brewers tested positive. I don't know his status. And today they announced Josh Hader did too, which I don't care. Right. I don't like Josh, but I do like Christian Yelich, so I hope things turn out okay. So, you know, you see what happened here. There was nobody for a long time. Mm-hmm. And everybody got lazy, and people stopped getting vaccinated, and now huge uptick. Don Mattingly. Wow. Delta, been, too. Yeah, yes. Don Mattingly has been out for a few days. The um, the manager of the Marlins, he was fully vaccinated. He had mild symptoms, so he was tested because of those symptoms, not because of a regular monitoring test, and he tested positive. So Oof, the scary. good, the good, 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 great COVID news is that the the Blue Jays finally got to go home to the Rogers Center Yay. in Toronto, and they haven't played there until this past weekend since 2019. Wow. So these guys, so there's this great piece in the Toronto newspaper saying, you know, we, we're finally unpacking our suitcases. We're finally sleeping in our own beds, and we're playing in front of a real 
home crowd. The guys who, the people who wear our jerseys, Mm -hmm. the people that know us, the people, this connection to home. I mean, yay, so Buffalo, you know, hosted you great. Or, you know, your spring training facility hosted you great. But home was their theme this weekend. It was all about home. And it's just, it's very touching. And it's really rewarding. And I hope it doesn't come back. (laughs) But but, um, hooray. And I feel really great for the people of Toronto who are baseball fans that get to see their team right there again. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to all you Toronto people. Enjoy. So so that's international, right? Talking about Toronto. And sure. so we can jump super over into the Olympics. And baseball in the Olympics is happening. And I've been terrible about sleeping through it, but I did get up this morning. I bet you've been great about sleeping through it, well, actually. Yeah, <laughs> actually. But And I also found out that you can watch the games later, too, on the NBC But watching app. them later, that you already know what happens. Yeah, but I don't but know. But 6 a.m. and 11 p.m. are super tough times, East Coast folks, to yeah, watch these games. Yeah, I'm better with the 6 than with the 11. I like tried so hard to stay up for the, the Mexico DR game, and I made it through one fucking inning read Hobbit hot tub above that. (laughs) But but right now, as you listen to us, and as I speak, we're in the knockout round. So there were the two opening rounds, and the U.S. and the Japan were top-seeded from them, and then it gets really complicated. So complicated. So we're definitely going to link to a chart, because I just can't explain it. But I did learn a new vocabulary word. Can you pronounce it? Oh, shit. I practiced it. Repachage, I think. It's French, which gives me an excuse. I think it's repachage, which literally means a contest in which the best placed of those who fail to win heats compete for a place in the final. And so that's what's happening. It's a loser bracket. Yeah. But it's a weird, it's a, it complicated so one. Nice, it sounds so much nicer in yeah. French than loser bracket. So the, there was only one. So of the knockouts, what intrigued me was the... There was only one knockout game so far, and it was a crazy one in which Mexico was knocked out by Team Israel. And if anybody had that on their bingo card, power to you. I didn't realize at the time, though, that Mexico actually lost two of their key pitchers right before the start of the Olympics because of COVID. And that was Hector Velasquez of my, like, love from the Red Sox and Sammy Solis from the Nets. So, you know, losing them must have been rough. And the fascinating thing about Team Israel is they've had a couple of players absolutely shine, including Danny Valencia, who I remember from the O's. And that was the name that stuck out to me of really on Team Israel. And you always go, well, of course, it's going to be through the mother. But not only is his mother Jewish, but his dad, who's from Cuba, converted and he was actually brought up Jewish, which is, you know, not true for a lot of the guys who play on of Jewish ancestry. And he even had a bar mitzvah. So he was super looking forward to the Olympics last year. And then when it was postponed, he basically said that that was, you know, just huge for guys like me who aren't playing. All we did was get older. But he has been just sort of knockout. So in that Mexican game, he had a three-run home run. He was the only run in the in the U.S. game. And then they lost against Korea. So at this point, and I don't know if this is going to have happened or not by the time you guys listen to this, but they have to beat the Dominican Republic to stay alive. And we will see if that happens. But a fun fact that I found out while watching the Israeli game is Team Israel keeps their caps on for the anthem. 
because it is a Jewish state and and a head covering is an important thing during a blessing or apparently a national anthem as well. But the Mexican team obviously like didn't know what to do because they took their hats off. The Israeli team has their hats on. It was it was definitely a moment, but they take their hats off out of respect for other teams during their anthems. Oh my so, lord. Fun fact there. that that is a fun fact and it's it's just so much. It's yeah. so much. But um, so I was up this morning, as were you. I yeah. hear um, we were texting a little bit at an obnoxious early early hour this morning about the um, Team USA against Japan what game, game. Which so the problem with the six a.m. games on work days for me is that if I have to go into the office, there is no way I can yeah. watch the end of the game. But apparently, I would have been just super sad at work had I watched the end of the game today. Yeah, and I totally like missed the key part. I left in the middle of the ninth where the U.S. was up by a run, and then Japan caught up. But the, what you would love about it, and we should actually watch this replay, is it, it was all about Japanese small ball. Oh, and that's yeah. like, they know how to bunt better than the U.S. So. I do love that. I totally do love that. Um, I will say I was very amused today that the um, Olympic commentators were basically talking about Qhar. About the uh, <laughs> about the U.S. pitcher um, Shane Baz. Yeah. Um, they were talking about not only about his you know flowy locks, but also that his parents were like big fans of music from the '70s, and so they always <laughs> kept his hair long, and so he liked it, and so he then kept it long, and he's in the um, he's in the Rays system, so maybe he's like. Disney Prince Jr. That's awesome. That is know. awesome. I don't know. And I have to say, um, infield fly girl, you broke me over the um, the Team USA uniforms because you said bacon and the S in USA, which is like these weird little stripes that aren't really flag stripes. They're just stripes. And it <laughs> freaking <laughs> looks like a strip of bacon. And now I can't stop seeing the bacon. That's hysterical. On the, the Team USA uniforms. But now, unfortunately, we're going to see them in what I'm going to call the loser's bracket because I couldn't pronounce it. But you're going to call it the... Oh, fuck. i, I got to look at it again. Repechage. Okay. We're going to go with that. I'm pretty sure it's something close to that. But speaking of Team USA, the dude that that, that fascinates me there is Eddie Alvarez. Oh, yeah. Who's in, great. in in the, the Marlin system, right? Yeah. But he's already an Olympic medal winner. He was, in 2014, he won the silver medal for the 5,000 speed skating relay. And he's just trying to get both winter and summer at this point. He so. was the, the, the flag bearer for, for Team USA. He oh, and Sue Bird cool. were, were the ones that carried the flag in for the opening ceremonies. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty cool thing. Um, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. More more Olympics. Watch those Olympics. And, you know, another thing, we've always talked about Puerto Rico. They are their own team in the Olympics. They did not make the baseball, but they got a medal. Shoot, there was a woman in, in one of the track and field uh, con- con- contests, and I don't remember which one. And it's always the, how does this happen when they're not a country, but yeah, international sports competitions. So please stick with no crying in baseball for all your hard hitting and specific facts about Olympic sports. Because right. we've got it all. Yeah, and there's a <laughs> lot of like I've heard of a lot of like vague comments about like Guam and and you know U.S. territories get to compete on their own, but. Don't but, get to govern you know, themselves. but D.C. doesn't. I think I still right? think the District of Columbia should field a team one year and that would make a point because people don't care about, you know, these U.S. territories that they can't see from here. 
You know, but DC, yeah. man, it's like, oh, wait, Although, what? You know, Puerto Rico is sort of our only hope of having a women's league at this point. Just a quick, their, their women's baseball league. League. Several teams. Begins Woo. August 7th. So please pay attention to Puerto Rico. Also, don't forget about my friends in Taiwan. Eduardo Nunez, who is my hero from the Red Sox from years ago, has debuted with the Guardians and is doing well. Although I would rather see the Lions winning, but, you know, power to Nooney for being over there. And that's the international wrap-up. There we go. And now we got some minor league stuff going on. You and I are both going to see not Ooh. major league baseball games this coming weekend, but we're doing it separately. I am going to beautiful Akron, Ohio to see a Rubber Ducks game. I love me some Rubber Ducks. It's the angriest duck logo you've ever seen. Well, you know, I'm going to have some ducks to compare to that because I'm going to see the Down East Wood Ducks with my adopted godson from Adopt a Minor League Player. Folks, if you're not supporting Adopt a Minor League Player, please look them up on any social media and throw them support because they're doing things that Major League Baseball should be doing. But one of those things is pairing people up with minor league players. And I've been hanging out with with my godson, Eddie's, for about a year and a half now, and we're finally going to meet. This is super exciting because through COVID, he was down in the Dominican Republic and then he was in Arizona and now he's playing with the Down East Wood Ducks, but I'm going to see him in a matchup against the Delmarva Shorebirds oh. in Salisbury, Maryland. That is very exciting. That That's an O's team. Yep. yep. Very and exciting. Once again, I will be rooting against the O's. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how you usually roll. It's okay. Yeah. I understand that about you. That's just fine. Well, I don't even know who the Rubber Ducks are going to play, but that's where I'm going to be, so woo-hoo. That's going to be big fun. Hey, um, if you're going to... Oh, wait. We have a Phillies game this week, too. We're actually going to Nassau. Oh, Park. right. That's true. In, in a couple days. Yeah. Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday. So Phillies, there's, huh? There's a lot of baseball going on. There is just a boatload of baseball going on, and um, I kind of think we're going to be seeing guys kind of all at the same level. Oh, my Lord. Hey, so you should go see some baseball, too, whether it's Major League, Minor League, Independent Ball, or the guys with the college... Um, the, the, the college leagues around you, which may be done by now, but you know, you know, watch for them next year. If you're not going to see baseball in person, please feel free to check out some of our older episodes, check out some of our boyfriend profiles, etc. If you think your friends would like to hear us talk about baseball, please let them know about us. Leave us a review or a rating and find us on social media. Talk to us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and Be Ball. All right. And until next week, I can't believe it if you haven't gotten your vaccine yet. I just mean, get it. Just get it. Just get it. Be done. Please fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. And I'm overdressed again. That's quite all right. Is it? Actually, you look lovely. Thank you. That's yeah. very kind.